0: Rensselaer County Women's Suffrage Association, which is the Troy kind of headquarters in 1905. To get to how black women become a part of the story in Troy. Because black women are organizing and they are creating organizations at the same time as black men here have the Republican clubs and the Democratic clubs. And as white women are trying to deal with um, one, some of them their own racial isms but also um, how some of them are trying to cross the racial barrier. There are a few connections that become important and then they continue to kind of touch down in Troy or people from Troy go out to those other locations to make these interracial connections. Um, Black women who have formed the National Association of Colored Women's Clubs, which is the umbrella unit that is formed prior to the NAACP being organized. So it was a decade before the NAACP becomes a formal organization. Black women in Boston, some in New York, others in DC had women's clubs formalized in 1908. They created the Northeastern Federation of Colored Women's Clubs. That was stationed or headquarters in New York City. And the Equal Suffrage League of Brooklyn which later is sometimes called the Colored Women's Equal Suffrage League. And that one was established in the 1890s by Henry Hyland Barnett's daughter. Oh, okay. So he's got a little touch back there. He was no longer here. He's in D.C. and then he's in Liberia and he's everywhere else being fancy <laughs> and fabulous, right? But his daughter will establish that club. And it was focused on women getting education, knowing politics and understanding politics, and then becoming engaged in political organizing so that women can get the right to vote. She is important because it's a downstate connection. Sojourner Truth, we're all familiar with, Mm -hmm. had been still crisscrossing the state. She relocates to Michigan, where she's going to live. She will will remain in connection with many of the black women in Rochester, in Buffalo, um, during this time running up to 1900. She will also attend in 1878 the National Women's Suffrage um, Association Convention that is in Rochester. And she will remain connected to Susan B. Anthony. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of the books about Susan B. Anthony, they discuss her struggle, we'll say, with race. Um, and it is, the issue is very much like the 1960s black feminists women's movement issue, where white women at the time didn't necessarily have to concern themselves with direct threats that were created by race, whereas Mm -hmm. black women did, right? They had to worry about their husbands who were going to political conventions that could be lynched or accused, right, of looking at white women and then be lynched and things like that. So for the black women, there was always this whole communal collective that they wanted as part of their political ad- advocacy, and they wanted included in the white women's suffrage movement. And Susan B. Anthony was a person who was kind of saying, I don't I don't want that intersectional component. She did stay friends with Saturna Truth. She and others um, also remained friends with Louisa Jacobs. And if you're a history nerd, like I am, <laughs> I know. Um, Louisa <laughs> Jacobs is Harriet Jacobs' daughter. Harriet Jacobs is the one who wrote Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl. Oh after right. So her daughter, Louisa Jacobs, is in Rochester, which is a thriving black community and women's organizations. The Rochester community is led by Hester C. Jeffrey. Hester C. Jeffrey is also friends with Susan B. Anthony. So there's a, a connection there. Hester B Jeff or Hester C Jeffrey will actually come to Troy a little bit after 1902 Um, really looks like 1902 1903 and she will help establish a women's organization that connects to young girls politics and working on getting them um, almost like STEM education Mm -hmm. so that it could help integrate RIT right so there's kind of a a circular connection there. Um, Charlotte Ray, who's the daughter of Charles B. Ray, who was heavily involved with the black men and the black community here in Troy before the Civil War, all of the politics and the agitation, even for many years after the Civil War. His daughter will attend the National Suffrage Association in New York City in 1879, their annual convention. She then will be rubbing shoulders with and speaking with Susan B. Anthony. The same happens in 1890. Um, Mary Shad. Carrie, whose husband dies in the Civil War, she had moved to Canada, but she had come through Troy and had many connections here um, with different people before the Civil War. After she comes back to the States and she lives in DC, when she's in DC, she's going to help establish a connection between the black women in DC and the National Women's Suffrage Association. She will then establish or found the Colored Women's Progressive Franchise Association, which will then work with the Brooklynites and the Garnett, uh, Sarah Garnett, and then also um, Hester Jeffrey in Rochester, and they're passing through Troy. I've not been able to find any black women in Troy who actually hold conventions themselves. But I do believe, if I keep digging in the right places, okay, I will find them through different letters and other things, especially in DC, especially through the Women's Colored Club movement, um, and in Brooklyn and in Rochester. Now, as I wrap this up, I wanna try to bring these things together a little bit. Because the women in Troy reach out, I have a couple of newspaper articles where they reach out to black men. Um, And when I say women, I mean the white women because it's largely all white women that I can find doing this, are reaching out to black men um, for their support after 1900, and it appears that they begin to gain support, but not in a public way. So for example, um, in 1915, which is when the women's suffrage referendum or amendment goes before the state legislature. It had to have two successive um, approvals in the state conventions, or the state legislative conventions to be able to do so. Um, Just prior to that, what you see is parades and motorcades in Troy. Um, And in the descriptions of them, you have black men in the crowd who are waving and cheering. So I don't have anybody say, yeah, be there. But when people notice and really detail, it says something, right? That they're out for the cause. Um, in 1915, when the referendum goes before the New York stale, state male voters, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's, when that happens, it fails. <laughs> <laughs> but women redouble their effort. They put a great campaign together. One of them I find the most interesting is the mail to soldiers to make soldiers who are overseas and we are getting towards World War One, um, have their ballots okay, and are able to mail them. It's a soldiers campaign. It pays off here in Rensselaer County. Over, um, and it doesn't pay off like overwhelmingly, but it does contribute to how in 1915 um, the, the, the numbers um, kind of play out. I'm sorry, not 1917, 19, how the numbers kind of play out. In 1917, when the rep- referendum goes before the public again, it passed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that means, of course, it passes in New York. When it does pass, it makes New York the 14th state to grant women the right to vote. Fourteen. 14th. Okay? Um, it took 69 years. <laughs> but not 70. <laughs> Got a silver lining in it. Um, what made it pass, though, was not a major change in the mail approval here mm-hmm. in Winslow County. What made it change was the shift uh, in New York City and the surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. Um, that still that meant that we needed a 19th amendment and so that required more work again at the national level in order to make that happen. By 1919 when the amendment passed both houses and go to Congress it needed to be ratified 36 states ratified it in August 1919. the amendment one went into effect in 1920. And then the next year, Carrie Chapman Catt with Ben and Troy a number of different times mm-hmm. because the women here had held um, the annual suffrage women suffrage conventions. She changes the name of the National League of Women Voters and establishes then what is formally identified as the League of Women Voters. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a lot of information. Oh, right. great. Thank, Thank you. you.